Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we jump in, I want to tell you about New York Times Audio, a new iOS app for New York Times new subscribers. It's got our show plus other great podcasts from The Athletic, exclusive shows, narrated articles, and more. New York Times Audio. Download it now at nytimes.com slash audio app. That's nytimes.com slash audio app. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Big day today. Max Olson and I have an interview with a guy who put his name in the transfer portal. His phone blew up and he found himself at a new destination starting there next week. Isaac Ukwu, five years at James Madison as an edge rusher, very good player, helped the Dukes go from FCS to FBS, was all Sunbelt last season. He puts his name in the portal. Everybody in the country seems to want him. Ends up narrowing it down to three SEC schools, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Missouri, and visits those, and he's going to be an Ole Miss rebel. He explained how being inside the transfer portal actually works when you're one of those wanted guys in the portal, and it's really fun. It's a really good interview. Isaac's fantastic. He hosts his own podcast called Off Schedule, which if you're not already listening to that one, add that to your repertoire, please. But it was a a fun show with me and Max. Unfortunately, it was also my last show here at The Athletic. I am moving on, going to take a few weeks off, and then I will reemerge somewhere else. But I just want to say thanks to everybody at The Athletic for letting me do this and, and have this platform and letting me write stories and and just being incredible teammates and coworkers. Everybody at the company has been wonderful to me, and I can't thank everybody enough. And I can't thank you guys enough because we started this thing for nothing. We had zero listeners when we started, and all of you have come in and made this a community and, and such a fun show. Uh, don't worry, you will be able to hear my nasally voice again. Uh, like primetime, I am not hard to find. You, you will find me again, not long, but take good care of Ari and everybody else. And I just want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart. It has been a wonderful ride. And now one more show, me, Max Olson and Isaac Ukwu talking about life in the transfer portal. Like when I came out of high school, I wasn't recruited by all these big schools, SEC schools, Pac-12 schools, like all that stuff, Power 5 schools. So it was definitely cool to be able to, to uh, experience a level of that um, the second time around, even though it was stressful. Um, I'm, I'm blessed, honestly. And um, like I said before, I just got to thank God for all that. Um, and with all that being said, let me not beat around the bush too much more. Um, I'll be spending my last collegiate season at the, uh, the University of Mississippi, man. Ole Miss, um, I feel like they got a great thing going there, and I feel like I can I can help them out and, and continue success and, and everything they want to accomplish and everything I want to accomplish, I can get accomplished at Ole Miss. And um, yeah, my name is Isaac Gugu. I'm going to Ole Miss. Hotty toddy, baby. 
<laughs> that is Isaac Kuku, host of the Off Schedule podcast on his own show, announcing his commitment. That is what I'm talking about, taking yeah. your message and controlling it. And Isaac joins me and Max Olson now. Isaac, you spent the past five seasons at James Madison. You entered the transfer portal this spring. You've just emerged as an Ole Miss rebel. How's it feel? Uh, it feels good for sure. It feels like a weight is lifted off my shoulders because, you know, this whole uh, transfer portal process has been pretty stressful uh, with coaches hitting you up constantly. People always asking, oh, where you're going? Oh, what's going on? How you doing? Um, but yeah, it's definitely a relief and, and I'm excited now because I can get back to what I actually love doing, which is the football part of it and not have to worry about all the recruiting and all that. That that's a lot of relationships to to work through at one time. There, I imagine Isaac, when you you went in the portal on April twenty fifth, I think by the end of that day, you tweeted out eight offers. Um, just how crazy was that from the 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 moment the morning that your name is officially in there, um, and and your phone is just blowing up? Yeah, I hadn't experienced anything like that in my life before. Like it was. Some, I was wondering how everyone even got my cell phone number, honestly, because some, <laughs> some, some teams would DM me and then ask, oh, for my cell phone number. And then they text me like five minutes later. So I'm like, oh, OK, that makes sense. But some schools just text me out the blue and just had my number. And um, it was definitely crazy. Like my phone didn't rest from like 10 in the morning to 10 at night. It was just constant, constant buzzing, communication, Twitter. Instagram, uh, text messages. It, it was really crazy. So you're an edge rusher, and Max and I have talked a ton on this show about that is not an abundant thing in the portal. Mm -hmm. Offensive linemen, D-tackles, edge rushers. The, the big people who are accomplished in college do not tend to end up in the portal. So how did you decide, all right, instead of playing my last year at JMU, mm -hmm. I'm going to take a chance on this. Did, did you have an idea that something like this was going to happen or was the level of, of offers you got surprising? Um, you know, I, I had an idea that I would have somewhere to go. I didn't know it was going to be this crazy with all the schools that hit me up, <laughs> uh, like SEC schools and, and all that. I was honestly, when I, before I went in the portal, I was thinking I was going to end up at like an ACC school or, or a local school, like a, a UVA or a UMD or a school like that. Um, so when I started getting offers from all over the country, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I know I'm a good player, but, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you got to see it actually come through for you to actually believe it's going to happen, you know, because it, it is a lot of risk that goes with hopping into the transfer portal. And um, I definitely was uh, I definitely was worried, even though I know how good of a player I am. It's just it's just always weird when you're putting yourself out there and risking your chances. How weird was it as a podcast host? Because your your co-host Julio actually had to interview you <laughs> about being in the transfer portal. But that's probably my favorite. So, by the way, off schedule is the name of the show. Mm -hmm. Go go watch on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, all that yeah, good stuff that you can sure. hear for this show. Uh -huh. And they they do some great shows. You 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 do shows with other athletes at JMU. And, and obviously, I imagine that the, the universe expands now, but Julio is trying so hard in that episode to not just be like, so what kind of NIL deals you get? Yeah. <laughs> that's the T. <laughs> nah, that's what a lot of people be asking me. They're like, oh, how much money are they giving you? Oh, is the money the reason you're going there and all that stuff? I'm like, honestly, it's not. The money isn't the reason because, you know, 
I can make a lot more money in the league than in college. So, you know, I really just try to make a decision based on what school I thought was the best fit for me. But nah, Julio definitely was. <laughs> definitely he said he wasn't going to pocket watch and he, and then he just couldn't exactly. help himself. <laughs> exactly. He was just, he was just trying to get some clicks, honestly. That's what, that's how Julio. It, it, it worked. I clicked. <laughs> That, that had to be interesting, though, Isaac, is you go take the visits and you talk to these coaches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure the whole time you're trying to f- feel out, like, how does the NIL part work? Mm-hmm. Like, how does the collectives part of this work and stuff like that? Like, how is just, like, trying to understand what your value is in that and, and even just, like, how that actually goes? Yeah, you know, it's weird because not a lot of players talk about, like, the exact type of numbers that they get in terms of NIL money. So you're really going in there blind most of the time to what your value would be in the market. And then uh, one thing that helped me was that um, my team, one of my old teammates, Tuck, um, he's been helping me a lot with, with the process and, and being able to, to know what, what like the type of value that players will be getting. Cause he went, he transferred to Texas um, last off season and um, being able to see him go through that process and see the type of, things that he was going through with the um, different schools and the NIL and things like that. Uh, it gave me a better scope of how to go about it. You know, I always feel weird um, asking people for, for not, I mean, you're not really asking people for money, but when it comes to money, everything gets a little like weird, you know what I mean? So it's, it definitely was a little bit awkward. I, I haven't had to do it in that respect, but Max and I have both had to do it, getting jobs, changing mm-hmm. jobs, it doesn't ever stop being weird. It, mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't. And and I'm with you. It is the strangest thing in the world. And it's interesting what you said about guys don't don't talk about specifics. That's similar to the real world. Unless yeah. you have somebody who's just a big mouth and is like, I make this. Like, you don't really know what your coworkers make. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. You Max, what do you make? Max, what do you make? <laughs> Wait, cut this, cut this, cut this, cut this. Well, you know, you know, Isaac, you had another teammate, Juice Wells, go in the portal last year too, and mm-hmm. go to South Carolina and have a, a great year, and now yeah. he's, you know, one of the best receivers in the SEC. So I'm sure there's also that, like, I'm sure you're trying to figure out if you go have a big year, like, how much can you earn versus like how much are they just supposed to give you? Yeah, you know, you know, it's weird because you know, um, you would think that getting paid would be based off your what you've done at that school up to that point. Like usually I would assume if you were a player who had multiple years, you would come in and then based on how you perform, that would dictate how you get paid. But a lot of times with the portal now um, and the way that everyone's, a lot of people are getting one year guys who played at other schools and produce at other schools. You're kind of guessing that the guy will be able to be worth whatever amount you're trying to give them. So that's really the, the line you're trying to teeter on. How do you overpay a guy or do you, give a guy this much. And then when you have other schools coming into it as well, you're like, Oh, do I have to outbid another school and, and stuff like that? And I'm sure I, you're, you're thinking theoretically, you know how this goes, but when you're actually in it, I'm sure that was just nuts. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause you know, it's funny. Cause like, it's, it's like the type of money you haven't seen before. Like I type of money I've never seen before. So when it, when they tell you, you're like, Oh wow. Okay. And then you have to like, kind of bring yourself down and remember like, Oh, it's about the football. It's not really, about the money aspect because you can make a lot of money wherever you go, but going to the league is where you're going to get the most money and maximize the most of your value. So you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's the football. Is that something that 23 year old you understands better than 18 year old you would have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 18 year old me, you, 
you show me any type of money, and I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm coming to your school. Like, it would have been like, whoever gives me the most money, I'll just go wherever. So, you know, I definitely I don't envy the younger guys coming in um, when it comes to that aspect of it. So you you were recruited by some Ivy League schools mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, you looked at Coastal Carolina. What made you decide on, on JMU when you when you picked you're You're out of Maryland. Same year as Chase Young mm-hmm. out, of, out of Maryland. Yeah. Um, so JMU. I felt like was my best opportunity football wise. And then also I really resonated a lot with the people and the environment at JMU, you know, so the Ivy league schools, that was really like, cause like I I do take academics seriously, but that was really more, I would say my parents dream was for me to go to an Ivy league school. Um, I really wanted to be, I felt like because I do things with the cyber world and computers and stuff, I could really succeed no matter where I go because there's a lot of people who don't even go to college and they just take like boot camps and they get jobs in cyber. So I was thinking I want to go where I can have fun, play football and also get a, a good degree. It doesn't have to be at an Ivy League school. So that's why I chose James Madison. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. The, you mentioned the, the degree. You have a computer science degree. What what is the pl- now? Obviously, the plan is to go to the NFL and play mm-hmm. there. But what's the plan for the degree post football? So I actually have a computer information systems degree. Okay. The roster kept saying I have computer science because they forgot. You're gonna that. have to tell us what the difference is because we're yeah. Dying. So like, uh, we, we don't know the difference. Computer science is more like um, coding for like apps and video games and softwares and stuff like that. Cyber uh, computer information systems is more of the business in terms of like business, the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then also incorporating people, like interacting with people, like the IT side of things, the things of that nature. So, so that's build, more building systems for businesses and maintaining systems. For yeah. Businesses. Maintaining systems for business. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. The IT analytics and all that stuff. So that's what I, I started off as a computer science major. And then I realized I didn't want to be coding in a dark basement all the time. And especially with football, I would be saying, so we had um, this building uh, on East Campus that was mainly for cyber and technology and all that. And I would be in there till like 12, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. just coding and then have to go take like a three-hour nap, wake up and go to 6 a.m. workouts. Oh. I was like, I was like, yeah, this this isn't going to be for me. <laughs> so I was like, let me just change to something that I feel would be more um, viable for me in terms of playing football and doing it and something that was also still had the technology side to it. Um, but in terms of what I plan to do with that, that's really my plan C to use my college degrees and all the stuff I've been getting through school. I feel like after football, it goes my love for like media and um, podcasting and, and interacting with people. I feel like that's my plan B. And then my plan C would be to utilize the degree I got from uh, JMU. Well, you could do both. I mean, you, you could, you could be hosting your own podcast, but you could also maintain the network it's on and all, all that other stuff. So yeah, exactly. I, you you've got you got a lot more tools in the belt than uh than I think I probably had coming out of too. Yeah. coming out of college. So, <laughs> but but so you you enter the portal, all mm-hmm. of these offers come rolling in. You got to decide how do you narrow this down, and how much? Mm-hmm. How, okay, how, how much time did you even have to narrow it down? I didn't have a lot of time, honestly, because so I forgot what the exact week. I think it was like four weeks ago when I hopped in the portal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, 
but I think it was like a, it was either Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And then by that, all the teams that were hitting me up were like, oh, we want you to come in on Friday to visit. So <laughs> it was like every coach was asking, you got any visits set up yet? And I had to tell everyone. I was like, oh, no, I didn't. Because I was going from phone call to phone call, and I was telling every coach, oh, no, I haven't solidified, I haven't solidified, I haven't solidified. And then um, – and I didn't have any time to to sit down and look at them until about, um, like, midway through the next day. That's when I sat down and I was looking at these schools, and I was like, okay, so what schools am I going to go to? Uh, very quickly, the SEC schools rose to the top in terms of what I'm trying to get done and how successful they've been in the draft. Like, they led the – they led the draft and picks for like the last 17 years or something crazy like that. So um, very quickly, the SEC rose to the top um, and I kind of went from there and cho- just chose different weekends for like Auburn, Ole Miss and uh, Missouri. So Auburn was the first visit. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, you you're telling Julio about this on, on the episode and you said it's basically like a cheat code. The, the facilities where yeah. cryo chambers, uh, human car wash. And, and I was laughing because you said it, it, it's like an NFL facility. And I want to be like, no, it's actually better than most NFL facilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, when I saw some of the stuff that they had, it was outrageous. It makes me wonder like how, so now I really see like when some of these schools get upset by like FCS schools, I'm like, there's no reason <laughs> at all that that should be happening. Like the amount of like getting three meals a day catered to you, um, the weightlifting rooms, the staff, the amount of dedicated staff to only football, it's, it's outrageous. The facilities, like Auburn had like three locker rooms, like damn you, we got one locker room. So it's like... <laughs> All this stuff they had, and I, I was joking with some of the coaches. I was telling them, y'all just have too much money because y'all are getting stuff that you don't even really need. Y'all just getting them. It, um, it had, like, Gatorade water fountains, stuff like I was like, this is ugh, it's outrageous. But, yeah, it's cheating, all the stuff they had. If I've been there from a freshman, there's no reason I shouldn't be, like, 2% body fat walking around at 280 pounds, like, just a, a, a straight animal. Like, it's, it's crazy. Oh, my God. So – you, you do you do Auburn, Ole Miss, Missouri. Is that the order of the visits? Yeah. And and the my favorite thing you said on on that show about those visits was you think you gained five pounds on every visit. Mm-hmm. I it, it, that has not changed over the those SEC schools or all the in the Big Ten schools the same way. Like when they get you on a visit, they are shoving food. The wining and dining's <laughs> had to be I unbelievable. Mean, so too. much yeah. food. Like you eat breakfast and then. Four hours later, it's lunch, and then four hours later, it's dinner. It's just constant food all the time, and it's like a lot of food, all from so restaurants, eating what out. Was the, what was the best meal you had in the uh, in the three visits? The best meal? Man, that's tough. I would say the breakfast at Auburn the first day, I mean the second day. So I came in Friday night and then on Saturday mm-hmm. morning, that breakfast at Auburn, I think it was a place called Lucy's. I would mm-hmm. say that was the best meal because their chicken and waffles was very good. Like that was the best meal for sure. Is that is that weird at dinner? Are you like looking at the menu and you're trying to figure out like what's the appropriate steak to get? And they're, I assume they're like egging you on into getting like the craziest order possible. Yeah, I'm always, so I've always been taught to where even if someone is paying for you, you don't go over the top and try and get all the extra stuff. But it's weird because they're encouraging you to do that. They're like, yeah, get the Wagyu, get the 
the T-bone, I get the porterhouse, all that stuff. I'm like, ah, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable getting the most expensive steak on the menu. Like I had a big lunch today. Big yeah. breakfast. It's tough. When I see some of those prices, I'm talking $70 for a steak. I'm like, man. I just... And I was talking to the coaches. I was joking with them. I'm like, you guys go on these these, uh, these dinners like every weekend because you're always bringing in recruits. I'm like, I can't believe you guys aren't like 300 pounds right now. They get desensitized to it, though. They, mm-hmm. I bet some of them ordered salad. Yeah. Some of them yeah. didn't even order. They just sat there and they were just talking like they didn't even Which eat. I could never do. You could not put me in a steakhouse with somebody else paying <laughs> and I'm getting a salad. Exactly. And, and stopping there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. I'd feel uncomfortable ordering the most expensive thing on the menu, but I wouldn't feel uncomfortable ordering a steak. Mm-hmm. And some no. and some sides like yeah. when they're right pushing you market price like that's that's tough you feel a little you feel <laughs> yeah. A little. I, yeah I need to see an actual number I don't want to guess so. yeah what Isaac why not just take two more visits why not just go all the way through it and just keep enjoying it um it started to get too stressful honestly if I'm being real um, the way the coaches I mean they I, I understand they want you on their team but they're like they're um, they're going after you hard. You know, and it's like constantly I wasn't getting anything done outside of the recruitment because of how constant it was on my mind and all this stuff. So I started seeing like my production in terms of my podcast taking a hit and other aspects of my life. So I was like, I feel like I shouldn't just take visits just to take visits. I knew that I wanted to play in the SEC and those were the three teams in the SEC that I had offers from. So I was like, there's no reason to waste in any of the other coaches' times or wasting my own time taking visits to other schools. Look at the dedication to podcasting. That's <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> that really is it. Like this, the, the way to be successful as a podcaster is keep making podcasts. Like mm-hmm, don't exactly. stop. Everybody tails off after a while. But so Ole Miss is the pick. What was what was it about Ole Miss, Oxford, the coaching staff that that made you decide that's the place? Yeah, you know it's interesting because you're not coming in for a long time. So I'm, I knew I was coming in for seven months here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So when I was looking at, I feel like the location didn't even really matter to me that much because I can be anywhere for six months. I can be anywhere for seven months, um, obviously. And all the schools were far from home. So that, that didn't really play a factor either. I would say the biggest thing was just the football. You know, I've seen their success in recent history um, which Coach Kiffin, and then also bringing in Coach Golding and seeing what seeing the defense he was able to run at Alabama, not even just the players exactly themselves, but the scheme and how I saw that scheme um, attributing to my versatility for the next level. I feel like that was the main thing that drew me um, to Ole Miss, like talking okay. with Coach Golding and what he was able to showcase in terms of how I would fit into the defense. You're kind of what they call the Jack linebacker, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so – that it's it's edge but not all edge right there there's a chance you might do do a couple other things mm-hmm. yeah exactly so did you meet juice kiffin does does lane how, how does lane put on a recruiting visit for for a portal guy how's the portal uh, king handle that <laughs> not nah, so it's not it honestly he was very straight up and straightforward with the situation and and their need for players at the jack linebacker position and what I would be able to do at Ole Miss. Like it wasn't nothing really fluff or cause I had told them, I was like, I'm not into all that extra stuff with the extra antics and all that. Cause it's really just a business decision for me. I mean, if I was a, if I was a high school senior, then yeah, I'd want to see all the extra stuff. But 
I just wanted to know how I would fit into the defense and how it would be able to make me more successful as well as make the team more successful. So that's really the pitch he just gave me. I'm just imagining that you're telling him this and you leave the room and he opens another door and the whole Ole Miss band is behind the door and they're like, <laughs> he didn't really want the bells and whistles, guys. You can, you can go home now. <laughs> yeah, not out of it, but that's something off a TV show. <laughs> did, did he, now did he like, after you left, did he stay on you? Tell, tell you committed? Was it Golding? Like kind of how, how much did those guys really hustle to get you committed? Um, so yeah, Golding and, and Joyner were really on me constantly. Um, and then, so like once it, so once it went like, so once I went to Missouri and came back, that's when uh, Coach Kiffin really started hitting me up a lot more. And he was like, I guess, cause you know, um, at that point he knew my decision was coming soon. So he really wanted to make sure that uh, that they were going to get me. But I would say the majority of my recruitment was Coach Golding. He was the one who was hitting me up day in and day out, um, uh, asking me how I was doing and, and how the process was going and when I was thinking of making a decision and, and stuff like that and just selling Ole Miss. Did you have your own deadline for, for making a decision or was that something that the schools were like, hey, we, we kind of need to know here? <laughs> I had multiple deadlines that – continuously got pushed back over and over and over. <laughs> um, and then Friday. Hey, he he uh, does have a future in media, okay? Look at look at this guy. Exactly. He's got all the, he's, Listen, he's just like it, us. It's, it's going to get done. It's all in my head. I'm going to get it done. I'm just going to need one more day. For exactly. Sure. I've, I've never told that to an editor ever. Okay. <laughs> but that, and then I, I made my own hard deadline for Friday. I was like, I got to pick a school. Like, I have to. I can't keep beating around the bush, you know, um, everything. I think one of the issues with how I handle the recruiting process is that I, I feel like I talk to too many people too often. Like I talk to not like outside of football, but in terms of the schools, like I was talking to Auburn, Missouri and Ole Miss daily, like to different coaches daily. And, you know, when you give, they're like master salesmen, master recruiters. So you give them an opportunity it's almost like a it's almost like an alley oop for a dunk. You tell them you talk to them about something that you have questions about, and all of a sudden it's magically been solved in a five minute conversation. So, <laughs> and it just went from back and forth, different coaches explaining, "Oh yeah, oh I, I see your your uh, reservations with that, but also this 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 this." So like it went back and forth between coach and coach. So every school seemed like the best option. So I really just had to. Um, I had to go zero dark 30. I just had to cut off all communication. I just told him, you know, I got all the information I need on the schools. Um, it's time for me to just take some a couple of days away from you all so that I can make my own decision and not be influenced too much. By that, you. that has you to be hard, too, when you're going through it and you're starting to set the visits and stuff. Like at some point, you kind of can't have any new ones come into the picture, right? Like when exactly. you actually like, hey, I can't talk to like you're I'm sure in the first few days you're wondering who else is going to pop up in the DMs and start yeah. recruiting me and who's going to really make a big push. But at some point you kind of have to close the door on some people, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's a bunch of schools who I didn't even, cause I was posting my offers on Twitter. Uh, there is a good number of schools who were calling me and offering me that I just didn't even post. And I just, I was like, at this point I'm too far gone in the process, <laughs> which is crazy when you're like two weeks in, but okay. it's like, I'm too far gone. I, I just can't. I, I can't even open that up. To, it'll just scramble my mind even more. So when you go zero dark 30, do you do the old school pro and con list? Do you pray? How do you mm -hmm. ultimately make the decision? 
Yeah, so it was all that. So I made pros and cons lists. Um, I prayed about it. Um, I definitely, I was flipping coins. I was doing random, <laughs> yeah, I know, random number generators. Um, and, you know, it was, I know, it's crazy, right? It was just- 18, that, that's, that's Archie Manning's number. Oh, this it is. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's how um, neck and neck it was between all three schools. Like, on, like honestly, it was- it was a, it was something where I was teetering back and forth between the schools. I mean, if you ask the coaches, you'll know because I was telling them straight yeah. up. I was like, "Yeah, there's not that much differentiating all the three schools, and that's why it's been taking me so long. I'm trying to decide what what things um, I can use to differentiate the schools." And um, yeah, so that's what I was doing, praying about it, um, talking to my mom. She was praying about it. My mom couldn't sleep just like me. She was telling me all the time. She was like. <laughs> She couldn't sleep because um, how stressed she was about me making the decision. But um, I told Did my she go coach, on the visits with you. Uh, she went to Missouri and she went to Auburn. Okay. So ironically, she didn't go to the school that <laughs> I ended up picking. <laughs> exactly. You're like, but I yeah. promise it's good. You'll like it. <laughs> nah, and that was another thing that showed uh, why I should go to Ole Miss. Like she didn't even go on that visit, but based on the things I was telling her and the things my, my brother and sister went with me to Ole Miss, the things they were telling her, she. She really liked the school, and um, and that was saying a lot, given the fact that she didn't go there. So, um, but yeah, I gave myself that hard deadline on Friday. Um, I made a decision Thursday night, and I slept on it. Woke up, and then I, I let the coaches know, and and then I announced it. I like that the sleeping on it. That's a, mm -hmm. that's so key mm -hmm. when you make a big decision. Because do you feel the same way that that morning as you did the night before? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and so you woke up, and you're like, "Yep, still there, still good." Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who do, you, who do you call? Is it Coach Golding? Is it Coach Kiffin? So I called Coach Golding first, and then um, I called Coach Kiffin, and then I called um, – I spoke with Coach Joyner. And then after that, I called uh, I called Coach Freeze, and then I called Coach Drinkowitz, and I let them know that I, that I wasn't um, going to their schools. And then um, – because I didn't want to just post the episode without letting them know, and they'd be blindsided or anything like that, so – so, yeah, that was the order it went in. We'll be right back after these words. Before we started recording, we were talking about Max and I were, were trying to figure out which Oxford restaurant is going to sponsor your podcast because we, <laughs> we've been watching. We know you're, you, you guys have been looking for a sponsor. You're still new. Yeah. All right. Let me throw. Here it is. I think given what you told us about Lucy's because you enjoyed Lucy's and maybe maybe Ole Miss already took you to this place. I don't know. Big Bad Breakfast in Oxford. Uh, no, they didn't take me there. They got chicken and waffles, yes, but they also have biscuits and tomato gravy. Tomato gravy sounds a little weird, but I promise it's amazing. And then <laughs> they also have something called the mother of all biscuits. I've eaten this, uh, but I am now reading. I'm going to read you off the menu what this is. Mm. Crispy fried dill chicken thigh and cheddar cheese on a buttermilk biscuit served with twist side. We recommend hot sauce. Mm. Like this is, I'm telling you, and then get some gravy with it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I mean, if they want to sponsor the podcast, I'll definitely go. I'll definitely go try it out and see. Let's how it go! Is. Big it's bad breakfast, magic. big bad podcast. You, you should. You could just go do video um, restaurant, you know, tour reviews on on the feed, and, and mm -hmm. kind of once again, just ultimately choose who your who your sponsor is going to be. Or you know? or they they like you, and they're like, oh, this is this is our guy. Mm -hmm. That's how it yeah. works, and that's the best relationship between a, a podcaster and a, and an advertiser is. It's got to be. 
the, the relationship has to be natural and real. It's like, exactly. it's like when I do the Peloton reads, cause I love Peloton and <laughs> it just comes through. It's from the heart. Exactly. The fans can see through it if it isn't real, man. So you, exactly. you got to be genuinely connected to the product that you're selling. How, how did you get into the podcasting? Um, so, so when I was a man, I don't even know what year. So this was like the COVID year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, so I'd already done YouTube back in high school. I had like a gaming channel that I, that I was making videos on back in the day mm-hmm. when I was younger. Um, so I already knew that YouTube was something I wanted to do, but then it really took a backseat when I started getting serious into football, I would say around my junior year of high school. And that carried on into my acclimation to college and all that. But then once during COVID, we had a lot of free time. So I was like, oh, let me get back into making videos on YouTube. And I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And podcasts were getting really big during that time. So I was like, okay, let me let me try podcasting. Because me and I always used to say me and my teammates, we had great conversations. If only there was a camera, it'd be yeah. extremely entertaining. Yeah. So um so that's when, so I made a couple episodes with my roommates at the time. And then after that, I took a little break. And then um, I had made a couple episodes with like Tuck and Julio. And then I would have, sometimes I'd have some girls who go to the school, come on and talk with us to get a different perspective and all that. And then when Tuck transferred to um, Texas and then, I stopped doing the podcast for the, like the entirety of the entire season um, because he was one of the ho- co-hosts with me and he had left. So then I restarted it back up in January with Julio um, coming on as a co-host to help with the show and stuff like that. And I just, and since then it's just been, I've been way more consistent with it this time around and I've been having a good time with it. And I, I definitely plan on continuing with the podcast. So you mentioned that you're not sure exactly how it's going to work from now, but you are going to do it remotely with mm-hmm. Julio. And you mentioned maybe StreamYard or Riverside. Let me give you another potential sponsor. StreamYard. <laughs> give this man a free login. Let's go. Like, <laughs> exactly. We're recording this episode on StreamYard right now. And and I'm telling you, it's so easy to pop on a guest. You can produce the show. You can have a video clip that you can pop up. And yeah, you guys would be great. And so... The the episode that that just blew up is mm-hmm. is Kendall from Dance Moms. I didn't mm-hmm. watch Dance Moms. My daughter, my twelve year old daughter, has just discovered it. Because her friends told her about it, so yeah. she knows who this person is. But Kendall was on Dance Moms and now goes to JMU and is on the dance team. Mm-hmm. And y'all had her on, and that episode blew up. Yeah, it went it went crazy. I I, I wasn't so she has like millions of followers on Instagram, so I thought it would get a good amount of views, but I didn't expect it to get over 150,000 views on YouTube. That was outrageous. Um, It was definitely cool meeting her. um, Definitely cool having her on the show. She was really down to earth, really nice girl. It's a great interview. Everybody. So you, you and Julio are natural interviewers. So Mm -hmm. I, cause you, you ask exactly what I want to know. And Mm -hmm. like, because now maybe, maybe this is a Julio thing, but his, like his first question was, Okay, when you're on Dance Moms, what are they paying you? And then, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys do this or YouTube just knows how to do this. But the second he asked that and she starts to answer, boom, cuts to commercial. I'm like, no! <laughs> and then... Nah, YouTube... Actually, hold on. I think I might have put that one in. Of course. Yeah, so like, you know how you can choose the ads? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I put that one right after. Um, 
the question because I knew that'd be something that people yeah, wanted to see. Doing. Well, I watched the that. I watched the commercial. It worked. And, and, and then and then she comes back to say that she and her mom got five hundred bucks a week for the first two years for such a popular show. Like yes. that's crazy. It's nuts. Like, when she said that, I was so surprised. Oh man! But that I mean, listen. Please keep that up. Please get some Definitely. of your your new Ole Miss teammates on. Please get Lane Kiffin. Hey, listen. I let me. We'll give you another another tip. Mm-hmm. So Lane Kiffin comes from that Nick Saban tree, yeah. where they don't really let the assistants do interviews during the season. Mm-hmm. Get Golding on your show during the season. The fans yeah. will eat it up. It's their only chance to hear from him. Yeah, and of course he's going to do it because it's your show. <laughs> Plus, oh, Andy, yeah, Andy you, you got to tell him about the Would You Rather's. Get laid oh, back on another episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so Ari Wasserman, who's also on this show with us, me and Ari went to Oxford last year and we interviewed Lane and it was going fine. We were asking basic questions about the roster and the transfer portal. Well, Ari loves these would you rather questions mm-hmm. and the stupider the better. And so he <laughs> asked Lane this question that he had asked me before about if you, you can either have, you can have no money and everything's fine, mm-hmm. or you can get $10 million. But once you take that $10 million, there is a turtle that starts <laughs> walking towards you. That turtle is somewhere in the in the 48 contiguous states. You must stay in the 48 contiguous states. And he is always walking towards you no matter where you are. Now, you can fly somewhere else, and he may have to turn around and start walking the other way. But <laughs> the turtle is coming for, towards you, and if the turtle touches you, you die. And Ari Ari asked this question. Elaine goes, "Tell me more about this turtle." <laughs> Man, that's a tough one. It is not. Take the money. That turtle no, ain't getting me. You know, <laughs> when you least expect it, the turtle. But the, you had a good run. Like if the turtle gets you, it's you okay. You gotta spend the money so fast because the turtle's gonna get you. You're saying you got a Brewster's Millions? It. I'm trying to think how fast the turtle can. So how fast, how we, close does the turtle start? We actually, it, you don't know. He could be 3,000 miles away. He could be three miles away. We did the math on this, like <laughs> turtle walking speed. <laughs> so we tried to figure out if he had to walk across the country. He, he'd get there, but it'd take him. I mean, and you would ultimately three miles would, an hour. They walk three get miles a PJ, an hour. Right. You get the PJ and you try to fly over it. You would get tired of that life, right? You'd want to be back down on Listen, Earth. Listen, $10 million. Yeah. If you're, if you're booking your own private jets, your 10 million is not going to last very long. Exactly. Man, that turtle. I just think, okay, so maybe I, I would get a place in Maine, a place in Florida, a place in San Diego and a yeah. place in Seattle. And I just Constant hop, 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 hop. Yeah, and you got to think like how far you almost you got to consider how far is he getting to Maine before mm-hmm. you leave cuz he could right. be in the middle and you just leaving for no see, reason. That's right. I I want him like I'm in Augusta, I want him in Kennebunkport and I fly to San Diego and now he's got to turn around. <laughs> okay, yeah. That makes so, sense. That'll be the smartest. That you gives me like another he's, year. He's close enough. Yeah, you do some data collection for a little while on the turtle to kind of figure out. What I, the but that's that's be. the trick. You don't. You never know with the turtle. He's a very <laughs> mysterious turtle. Can he get on a train? Yeah. Oh, can he get on a train? No, the turtle yeah. does not. Turtle does not carry cash and does not have a credit card. <laughs> the turtle so. might just. He might just climb into somebody's truck and just hop a ride all the way. That turtle him. is getting determined at some point. For that sure. is a diabolical <laughs> turtle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good lord. Because that's his entire his entire life. The twist is once he touches you, he gets the ten million and you die. So What's that turtle gonna you- do with ten million dollars? <laughs> he becomes a human. And gets oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know the turtle was actually a human in a turtle's body. I did ask if it was a ninja turtle. That was my first question when Ari. Oh, they can send him on two legs, it's over. Yeah, it's it's done. Now forget it. It's it's if it's a Ninja if he, Turtle, it's over. If he, he likes didn't. pizza and he can use nunchucks, I, I have no shot. But <laughs> but so ask Lane about that the next time you see him. Hey, remember those two idiots that came last year and asked you about the turtle? There's another. <laughs> no, I'm gonna ask him about that. There, there's another one I that, that we asked him. That's another one of Ari's favorites that he can't believe I answer the way I answer. Would you take? And, and the thing is, with Lane, none of this works because Lane wouldn't take the money because he's already got the money. Mm-hmm. So. But would you would you take ten million dollars if there was a five percent chance every day that you would wake up covered in peanut butter? <laughs> and I said yes, and I would have a room that I could hose down. And Ari doesn't believe me. What is that? So if you one in twenty, one in twenty, one in twenty, and is that for if you're three hundred sixty five days? Let me see. Let me get my I calculator. Not, well, this is we're a bad at math podcast uh, officially, so you're going to have to use your calculator on this. So, 18 days out of the year, you're waking yep. up covered in peanut butter. Exactly. And if I have a room that I'm capable of hosing down, I'm good with that. <laughs> I, I I think I would take that. Thank you. I think I would take that. Lane wouldn't take it. If you take the percentage up, it gets a little bit tougher for me. But I think it's, you're right. You could build a room, Andy, that you could account yeah. for. Exactly. I, I, I think so too. Isaac, we have now ventured into the completely ridiculous, but hopefully <laughs> giving you some ideas for, for questions for your show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tell everybody how to find your show. Uh, so you can find my show on YouTube uh, at the Off Schedule Podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can follow, also follow us on Instagram, Off Schedule Podcast as well. You can follow me on Instagram, Isaac Ukwu, I-S-A-A-C-U-K-W-U. Uh, I post reels and, and clips from the podcast on both Instagram accounts. And then also we post uh, shorts on YouTube with content from the podcast. But yeah, just find us off schedule podcast on YouTube. Awesome. Everybody go listen, subscribe and watch this dude sack quarterbacks. It'll miss. Thank you so much, Isaac. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks so much to Max Olson and Isaac Ukwu for helping us out and explaining a very weird world inside the transfer portal. That does sound strange and obviously a very different recruiting experience at age 23 than you probably want or get at age 18. So uh, thanks to Isaac for sharing. And that was really cool. There's no easy way to say this. This is my last show at the athletic. It has been a pleasure. I'm not going away. I will be back at some point. And you'll hear my nasally voice again. Don't you worry. I'd just be somewhere else. I did want to say thank you to everyone at The Athletic. Wonderful teammates and coworkers. It has been an absolute joy to work with them. It's just, it's such a good team there. And so collaborative, more collaborative than any company I've ever worked with. And I just really enjoyed my time there. Also, I got to thank you guys. You have been incredible. We started this show with zero listeners, none. And all of you have formed this community around the show. We've got our own kind of language. We've got our own inside jokes. And it's been a joy getting a chance to talk to you and then hearing back from you about what you wanted from the show. And I just wanted to thank you for, for listening 
and for spending some time with us. It has been an absolute pleasure. So that's it for the show. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon.